Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to I See You, Episode 9, Healing After Sexual Abuse, Part 2, with Lita Green. Oh, I'm super proud of myself. It's 7.22 a.m., and I went running this morning with a friend, and I read my scriptures, and now I'm finishing up this podcast. I even just ate an apple. I've gotten a lot done for like 7.22 in the morning, right? I'm feeling pretty good about that while also having self-compassion, right? (laughs) It'd be okay. I would be enough if I had done none of those things. My worth is still intact. Some of you may have seen a post I did on social media about us having Oreos for breakfast a couple days ago and how I was gonna try really hard to have eggs the next day. (laughs) It's real life, right? All right, enough about Oreos because now I wanna go have Oreos for breakfast. There's this review that I really liked. It's from Quinn Girls. I love the positive outlook mixed with the reminder that we aren't alone in our struggles. I enjoy this easy to listen to uplifting podcast. Quinn girls, thank you first of all. And I love that you said it's easy to listen to and that it's uplifting. One of the best compliments I ever got was teaching a religious class to a group of women. And afterwards, one of the women came up to me and said, I love when you teach because it's like we all have a hot cup of cocoa. We're just going to snuggle up and discuss things. And that's how it feels when you teach. We're all sitting around on a couch with a cup of cocoa and it's just really comfortable and feels good. That's honestly one of the best compliments I've ever received because that's how I want it to feel. I want it to feel comfortable and authentic. And I want us to talk about things, how they really are, not some cookie cutter life that we all at times feel like we should be living or we expect from other people maybe, that we talk about life as it is. It feels so good to talk about what's really true and what's really happening and not any sort of facade. Quinn girls, thank you for telling me that you feel like it's easy to listen to. That's exactly what I want it to be like. If you're coming to this episode and you haven't listened to part one with Lita Green, you might wanna go back and listen to it. It's episode eight, the previous episode. And what I love most about this episode, about part two, is Lita's message to anyone who has suffered from sexual abuse, but also just anyone who struggles in general, which includes all of us. We all have struggled. Her message to us is really powerful and you're going to hear it. And ooh, it makes my bones shake. It's so good. In my show notes, I have all her links to her website, to her book, and to her most recent TED talk that she did. And shout out to Lita Green. Her book came out last week week and it is doing amazing on Amazon. I'm super happy for her and just proud of her for being so willing to share such a vulnerable, gritty thing as she says. She's leading the way. She's doing awesome, awesome things. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast. Rating the podcast, I had no idea how easy it is. I looked it up. I tried to rate it. It won't let me rate my own, unfortunately. It's so easy. You just click on the stars. That's all you have to do. You like scroll down and there's some stars and you click on which star you think. And obviously writing a review is great and I can feature it on the podcast. I love to do that. But even if you just want to rate it, it literally takes one second. I'm learning that the more ratings and reviews the podcast has, the more that it gets out there, that the more it pops up when people search. It's been so exciting having this podcast continue to get more and more popular among people because I feel like we're getting this really important message out there and people are really craving for that 
that realness and authenticity in their lives and to feel connected and not feel alone. And so I feel very privileged and excited that people are responding so well to it. And it also makes me just feel happy to be a part of this world and a a part of this people that wants those good things in their lives. And we're just going to jump in right here, mid-interview, Healing from Sexual Abuse, Part 2. You know, it's it's funny because I, I know that I joke that God drafted me to do this. And why didn't I see it coming? Like, why didn't I see, duh, that's a book I should write. I'm, you know, I am a speaker. I speak on confidence, resiliency. And yet there's only one paragraph in my first book about this because I just, it just never occurred to me. It was because all the pieces had to be lined up first. That there's all this evidence that I really am a happy person. And what's hard about this book is in greater way than what I've ever done before, I've opened up my whole life, my whole family to like, look, see, we're good. My kids, when they have had peers that have come to them and talked about this, my kids aren't experiencing second generational trauma. My kids are like, this is what you need to do. And they're confident, capable, loving people. And it's just answered so many questions in my personal life. So many amazing miracles that let me know that God wanted me to speak out on this because there is proof that I'm not just okay, I'm great. Because my life's had a public nature to it, even though I haven't really sought that out. Now I'm like, okay, look, look through the microscope. Because if that can give one little girl that was me hope. Because when I'm cleaning houses for ladies like I did when I was a kid, and they told me they were good, I mean, you know a lot about people when you clean their house. And that gave me so much hope. It was like a light being in a dark room. It was just amazing to me. I can relate to that so much. Yeah. Right? Come clean my house if you want. Really. No, complete complete transparency, right? Yeah, it's and if that's the price I have to pay to give hope to the little girls that don't have those sweet little neighbor ladies, the little boys that don't have somebody that's telling them that they're okay. Because here's the thing, people don't talk about it. The shame comes in so easily with sexual abuse because most children that are molested by someone they know, they are not being physically hurt. It is not physically painful. On TV and in movies, you always see the bruises and the battering. Most of these children are, you know, when you are touched and fondled, that does not hurt you, right? Mm -hmm. But it violates your soul. Yes. It is a violation of your physical boundaries in a way that sets you up to either be very cold and distant or a little promiscuous, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But people don't talk about that. So the kids, like, they see the battered child on the TV and they go, oh, well, I'm not being hurt. Okay. Oh, they're right. It is love. And it makes it very easy to reframe that and very easy for shame to come in. This man that, you know, was my, like my uncle figure He blamed me. He told me it was my fault. And because he'd groomed my brain, I accepted that. I believed him. So we need to be having open discussions about this age appropriateness and be giving our kids the tools that they will go, wait, why would you tell me to keep a secret for my mom? We don't keep any secrets. My kids, there are no secrets that will not eventually come out. So a surprise birthday is okay. What's in your Christmas package is okay. But that will be opened up. And I'll point out, it's a secret what I'm giving daddy because you're going to tell him and I want it to be a secret. Uh But you can know it's a good secret because he will know. He will know. On December 25th, he will know. And you can watch that. And then I could go back and revisit that conversation with my children. You know how I told you to keep that secret? This is why I kept the secret. But you can see that he knew. So there is no secret that you could never tell anyone. And if you think about that as adults, gossip, it's a bad secret. But it's going to get out. Oh, yeah. Right? Always does. So why even do it? 
It's like somebody comes up oh, to yeah. me and starts being like, rah, rah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm too young to hear any of this. <laughs> and the nice thing is nobody Cover tells my me ears. gossip. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, what? They're getting what? You know, I, have no, I had no idea. Like, it's public knowledge. I'm like, what? You know, because nobody tells me and I don't want to know. I like living in this place where I'm being surrounded by good and positivity. And the negative just doesn't want to hang out with me. It just is repelled by me. And yes, that's okay. That is okay. But it's the same rule that also protects your children from abuse is if they don't see you keeping secrets against Mrs. Smith, you are teaching them that there are no good secrets except the ones that come out. I had a therapist tell me, we talk a lot about my therapy on here, but I had a therapist Which is tell healthy. Me, it's Because so healthy great. people have been to therapy. Oh, it's such Let's a healthy honest. choice. Absolutely. She would always say secrets make you sick. Secrets make you sick. And in my book, I talk about how, you know, just that those phrases that we have, I just had to let it out. It's, it's like a bubbling up jar of something. It will, if you don't get it out, it literally is toxic to your body. And I have very severe health problems in my childhood because I kept these secrets. And the health problems extended beyond the abuse because I had to learn the patterns and the behaviors that would keep me healthy. Interesting. You mean coping? Yeah, I did not have appropriate boundaries. By him diluting those and breaking through those boundaries, that set me up that I didn't know how to make good boundaries with other people. So I could not be fully healthy and recovered. So I'm in the survivor phase. Mm -hmm. I'm what's left over. That's if you look at the synonym of survivor, it's the residue or the leftover. Mm -hmm. So I was still damaged, even though the physical abuse had stopped, the psychological problems and the behaviors and patterns that allowed that to continue. I had to learn how to create appropriate boundaries. My body was literally screaming out for me to do that. As I learned those things, I became healthier. I completely believe that we're spiritual beings. At the same time, you know, you take my blood right now and it says I don't have good oxygen and my doctor thinks I don't live as healthy as I do. And people are like, what miracle herb do you take? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's those things can all help and I'm not knocking them. But first and foremost, you can't cover up just like because you do makeup. I do makeup. Mm -hmm. You can't cover up insecurity, can you? No. If a woman does not feel that she is beautiful. You can do the most amazing makeup job on her in the whole entire world and still she sees what's wrong. Yep. You can't cover up toxic. You can't cover up a lie. And she's not going to believe she's beautiful in this analogy until she does that work to mm -hmm. realize that she is beautiful because we're all beautiful. We're just a different kind of beautiful from each other. Stopping the comparison on the same paradigm just at different levels of seriousness. Yeah. Well, and I talk about my first episode. I, I tell my story and I talk about how there was a time when I weighed the least amount and was the thinnest I've ever was. And I was the most miserable I've ever been because I, I was so depressed and anxious. I couldn't eat. I, I was losing my appetite and my, my weight was just plummeting. Some people by the standards of a lot of society would think that would make you happy. Doesn't make you happy. It's all about what's in your head. It's a thousand percent what's in your head. And we can still be in abusive state if we're replaying those scenarios. And like I said earlier, it's I don't need to describe exactly, you know, at two o'clock on Thursday afternoon in 1983. This is what this happened. happened. Now, if I'm in a court, I do, which is why it's so sad that we expect children to be able to do that. They can't do that. But I can remember very vividly, but those are things I never need to tell anybody. And I don't need to repeat them in my own mind because it would be a way of bringing that and inviting that back into my soul. And being abused again. Right. And I, in my book, I talk about a mental pantry. Everything that's ever happened to me in my life is in my pantry. And I like food a lot. So this is, this <laughs> good, is a good analogy, thing, right? Yes. But I don't keep it eye level 
the things that are painful. And after I've done the therapy, meaning that when you know you're successfully through therapy on these things is you know how to frame them correctly. 100% his fault. I did not give consent, period. You have the vocabulary for it. Right. But it's his fault. I know that 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 abuse is his fault. And then he gets to iron out with God. Why was he abused? I don't know. We've never had this conversation. I put it over there and I'm free of that. So once Mm -hmm. I know that I'm free of that and that shame is no part of me, then why would I keep picking it up? And so that's when we put it at eye level in our mental pantry. So I've put that up in the top, you know, right-hand corner because in sign language, God is up in the type right-hand corner. I like that. And so anytime something happens like that day that I saw his picture and it kind of toppled off the shelf, oh, wait a minute, I know right where to put it back. And I just give it to God. And, you know, there's exercises where people, you know, write on a piece of paper and burn it up. Then you Mm -hmm. would visualize the burning paper, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever your form of putting it away from you, every religion, interestingly, has a redeeming deity. Every single religion. It's a necessary part of us. There are things we just can't answer right here and right now that we just have to say, you know what? That's not for me to deal with. Why and all of that are not something I can answer, but I cannot bring it into my day-to-day life. And so in my mental pantry at eye level are the things I want to get into often. My family, my ability to love and impact others, my empathy, my compassion, how they came about, I can string back to their original cause and say, wow. And over time, I've actually become grateful for that experience. (laughs) As a makeup artist, I've been doing makeup since 1999 professionally, literally thousands of women that I, that have confessed to me that something has happened to them in this realm. Thousands of women have confessed to you? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Thousands of women. I'm, you know, we're, we're like the hairdressers, right? (laughs) And I literally can look them right in the air and I've already been in their space bubble because that's what, how close you get when you're doing someone's makeup. And they just give me a glance or a word and I can look them right in the eye and I can say, I know what you're talking about. We're not having to compare notes. And I want you to look in back at me and I want you to see how good I am. And they will start crying and they're like, can I be there? I mean, this has happened so many times. It's almost like one woman has become, you know, like it's just so, it's so amazing that the same pattern has happened that they're like, wow. And I've been able to say, look, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, and there have been people that have done that for me and I've needed that. Someone that has said... I know exactly where you're at right now. I know exactly what you're feeling. And how many times after that, when you're able to have that empathetic experience, Mm -hmm. you went, wow, I'm so glad that that's happened to me that I could help her in that moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's the number that makes it worth it? I don't know what that number is, but I think I far surpassed that number for me. Mm -hmm. That I'm so thankful that I can look them in the eyes. And I can tell them if you use, you know, spiritual language that I'm nearly almost testifying Mm -hmm. that life can be good. And it can be great. And because of one person's choice does not rob you of the good that can happen in your life. No, you're not living a counterfeit life. Absolutely. But people are like, but wait, I have pain. It's still in the pantry, right? But it's on the top shelf. It's it's back there. You know, you don't want to have, you want to have a clean pantry. So in the dark and dungy things, I like to think it's kind of clean down there in my pantry because I've worked on that and I've organized them where I want. Well, and I like what you said about it being on the top shelf and how things can make it fall off because I know that sometimes in the past when I have kind of opened that lid of compassion, maybe I am empathetic towards someone. There have been times when I was not in a healthy enough place and it kind of knocked off the thing from the top shelf. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, it all comes back and and I'm right. I feel like I'm right where I started, but I'm Mm -hmm. not. I'm not right where I start. You're further along. I sweep it up. We put it back there. And and as more and more time goes by and more experiences happen, I feel like more healing from God. I'm more okay with it being there, Mm -hmm. up there. And and I can glance at it. And it's like you said, I can root back to where it is, where that empathy came from. 
but I'm not so stressed about it toppling over anymore. Right. I I've given it, I've given it away, mm-hmm. but it, I get to keep the wisdom. It's huge. There was a little girl in my life that I was able to recognize that she was being damaged. You know, I ended up being the attorney. I mean, the whole legal thing, being a star witness wow. against her abuser. And, uh, you know, that was really rewarding. And my kids saw that whole thing happen and they saw that fire in my belly that I had because I could easily go, oh, I know what that feels like. I know. And I'm going to be her warrior. And that's really empowering. That's a really cool and amazing thing that I wouldn't have had the same wisdom of what the next step should be had not been through personal experience. And sadly, we have to learn a lot of things through personal experience. Yes, we do. And empathy I don't have to learn some of those lessons because they have a parallel. I don't have to have every life experience. You know, I hear about a refugee. I have not been a refugee from war, but I know what it's like to feel homeless. It's different circumstances, but I can give more compassion to that. So I'm not like, oh, well, they're the poopy things that people feel. I don't even want to explore that. Yeah, we don't need to go there. But I'm not looking at fellow human beings and seeing someone who is not worth fighting for. Well, and I always say suffering is suffering. That's what I've learned. When you've suffered and you know what it feels like to suffer, you see people in a completely different light. Absolutely. You see light. You know, the the stereotypical idea of, you know, a mentally ill person. Mm-hmm. And you realize if circumstances have been a little bit different, that could have been me. Oh, yeah. I've 100%. been, I have been on the edge. In fact, in my book, I did have a nervous breakdown as a child and I had to remake me from nothing. And it was so funny because I completely forgotten about it. And I was working out one day during the process of writing the book and it all came to me and I was like, oh, that was unanticipated, right? Because it wasn't something that I've thought about for so long, but yet it's such a gift. I think I'm a very strong, mentally healthy person. I'm like, I'm like a triathlete mm-hmm. in my brain for mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had to remake me from an age where most people are trying to figure out who likes them on the playground. I was completely unmade and I had to build me back up. That now is a great experience that even better, I'm able to describe how I did it. Show someone the map of, yes, you have to do the work, but it's possible. And this is how you get there. If you want to do it, you can do it. Here you go. Yep. And that is my gift. I can laugh with you and tell you how I got there. Right. I can cry with you, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you life is meant to be good. Yeah. And it's going to be hard, but it's only good. A marriage and a relationship and a friendship is only good after the heart. I mean, your friend that you've never had something you had to work out, do you really know if you can trust him? But after something's hard, then you know that it's trust. And so back to what we were saying of being able to have that with yourself, that is life's ultimate gift. Well, I always say that to myself. I have my back now. When I was little, I couldn't always control the circumstances around me. And that, you know, that's for everyone in different ways. But now I'm an adult. Now I've got her back. I've got Julie's back. Right. I've got us. I have control. conversations with the little Lita in me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm like, oh my crap, I can't fix it for you, but I'll tell you it ends up awesome. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And I have a module in my book that actually teaches, and I've taught it to children, so that again, not teaching them too early, of how to recognize if somebody's trying to violate your boundaries mm. from bullying to sexual abuse. It's a whole spectrum because they're, they're all abuse and manipulations and lies all come from the same source. I call it he who is poopy. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. They all come from the same place. It's a matter of what are we going to connect with on a daily basis? What decisions are we going to make? So we have our back by being people of integrity. And you can't be lying on one hand and respect yourself. And so every false deed we do, it undermines who we are. Mm -hmm. And you can't fake it. Just become it. I'm still in becoming, you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to be even more awesome. Yes. And we just, you don't have to like compare yourself as unrealistic what you are not yet. 
You just become you today. Be an honest you. And it's so fulfilling. It's a good day. It is. Any day that you can say you honored yourself and your purpose and others and, you know, honored all of that, that's a good day. If there is someone listening that has been sexually abused, like you talked about, it's pretty common. What advice would you give to them? Well, first of all, if there's somebody that's listening to this that is confused, love does not hurt. It does not hurt your body. It does not hurt your soul. It is something you shout from the rooftops. It is beautiful. It's amazing. There's nothing of shame in true love. And so if somebody is giving you love that is hurting you somehow, it is not love. Get yourself away from that person. There are, you know, all kinds of hotlines and help and resources. Get yourself away. Go to the police station. Go to a school therapist. Go get away from that. The longer you stay in that, the more you're going to lose you. And remember that shame never comes from a source of good. He who is poopy, I heard this the other day and I love it so much, speaks in the first person. He he makes you think those are your thoughts, that you chose this somehow, Mm -hmm. that you manifested it somehow. Mm -hmm. And that is not true. Get away, get safe. There are people who want to help you. You can, you are never so broken. You are never so lost that you cannot be repaired. And not only just repaired, but if you think about a piece of metal that's been ripped, it has to be welded and it's stronger where it was ripped and you will get stronger in your broken places. How can we better see victims of sexual abuse? I love this question too. You have such good questions. Thank you. Um, first of all, it is not in the, only in the dingy and dark neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, sex trafficking is usually from what I've been able to root out is actually in very nice areas because sex trafficking takes people who can pay for it. And so in your neighborhood, and I'm saying this to everyone listening, there is probably a sex trafficking ring in your neighborhood. Wow. There is probably a pedophile group in your neighborhood. And I mean that to be a little upsetting. And it may be, you know, a man with three kids that he's pedophiling, or it may be a full on, you know, FBI operation kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But it is happening. We as human beings, we lose a lot because we don't see each other on a day to day basis. We don't get an elevator and smile at the people there. And if you see some little kid that, you know, don't mean this to be upsetting, but, you know, hugs with their pelvis, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty obvious warning sign Mm -hmm. that something's happening. A child that can't give you eye contact. Children, you know, Jesus Christ referred to, you know, be be as a little child Mm -hmm. because they were so full of love and life. And a child that isn't, there is probably some form of neglect or abuse happening. Find out why. Because it might be as simple as making sure they're on the school lunch list. Mm-hmm. Or it might be that they are being molested sexually, but they might just be struggling because their parents going, they're going through a divorce or something. But you know what? Be aware and be kind and get out and look in your neighborhood. Know what's happening with your neighbors because we used to do that. We used to do that for each other and we can make the world a better place by making our world individually a better place by first being kind to yourself so much so that it's not about you when you step out the door. It's about other people. Amen. My last episode was on self-compassion and, oh, this is so good. Yes, good good stuff. I talk about how it's not noble to take care of yourself last. That's not a noble Mm -mm. thing. If you love the people you love most, you will take care of yourself first. Absolutely. That's my first book is about. Hallelujah. You know? Truth is true. Absolutely. I call it the hotness factor. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yes. But, you know, you're going to burn other people or you're going to burn out. Right. We can't force it. We just have to become people of kindness, people of compassion, people who see. We stop comparing. Stop getting so inside your own head that you can't see you with kindness. And we cannot give to others what we do not possess. 
If you don't have compassion for you, you're giving a shallower compassion than you could be capable of giving. Oh, absolutely. If I go to a friend's house and, you know, they apologize that it's dirty and I'm like, oh, no, don't worry about it. But when they come to my house, I apologize for it being dirty. I'm not living with integrity Mm -hmm. because I am saying there is something wrong with the house being dirty. Right. And you know what? You go to their house is dirty and it's not what it normally is. She might be having a hard day. And be like, hey, can I do something for you? I've been on bed rest before. And my neighbors did not come over and ask me what they could do. They came over and started folding my laundry. Yep. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's my underwear. (laughs) Right? Yep. They just came and they did. They just did it. You know, when you hear of somebody being sick, you know, figure out what you can do. There's something called Pizza Hut and they deliver. So does Domino's. (laughs) Jimmy John's, you know, there's a few, yeah, there's, it's crazy. <laughs> there's even the Uber now, right? But you start just getting outside of yourself and serving. It's interesting that every religion, every psychology, every therapist will tell you that service is a way to happiness. Yep. Service and gratitude. Right. And it's too. a form of compassion. So just go do something nice for somebody. And you know, when you go do something nice for a kid that's being neglected, you might just find, well, they're going to come back. It's like a cat. You know, you feed them. They're yours, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those kids that are hungry, they'll keep coming back. I just had a girl reach out to me that years and years, I was a newlywed, so over 20 years. And she wasn't being abused, but she was going through some hard times in her life. And she reached out to me on social media, had found me and said, you know, thank you so much for being kind to me when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh my crap, that is so crazy cool. Yes. And she was telling me what an impact I had in her life. I gave her cookies. It was just nice. It was just a nice neighbor. But I was having miscarriages at the time. And you know how great it filled my heart to have little kids around? Any service we give will come back to us a thousandfold. And the reward of being able to help a child who may be being attacked and molested and targeted, you know, it's the best. Well, and I've been that, I've written those cards to a soccer coach and to a a friend's parent and things like that. And yeah, they have no idea. They're like, what's your name again? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I love you. But it it changes everything to have an adult that cares about you, especially during those fundamental years. And children that are being molested are very quick to try to please you. So that might be the child that you, you like the most, you know, in your Cub Scout group or whatever, because they are so apt. And that could just be a child that's, you know, God bless that parent. Right. Mm -hmm. But Children that are too compliant, that can be a sign. A little bit of tinter tantrums, rebellion. It's not that such is, a bad thing. You know, I wish I were allowed to have tinter tantrums someday, but I am not allowed to throw myself on the floor. But I do get to say, I get a timeout. Yes. I get a self-care that way. So just going and being and loving and doing. And I think if we pray for an eye to see that, we will see it and we'll be able to protect. I agree. Lita, do you have any final thoughts of wisdom? You've given us so much. So <laughs> I know. Good. I'm like, ah. What else you, you know? got? What's I, I got so much. I got so much. But um, I would love to be able to say to, you know, somebody who's a married woman, you know, maybe you've raised your kids or, or raising kids and you're hurting in this way because you haven't dealt with it. The consequences of coming forward and saying this is something that's happened to me to your spouse or yes, there might be people who are really angry at you for wrecking their little bubble. However, you are holding you back and you are allowing another victimization and you don't know who's going to be watching you and who else needs you to come forward. You will not be able to fully heal if you suppress it. And so I would encourage people that in this time that we are talking about it so much, let's all of us unite in having a positive conversation and not suppressing other people's voices. There's a lot of, lot of different groups that want to have their voice heard. And you know what? There's enough for everyone to be heard. There's enough for all of us to speak on what our thing is. We just need to give each other respect. We don't all have to agree, but we do need to be respectful. 
there may not people who agree with you coming forward, you still need to do it because it's between you and your God. And you are hurting more by your silence, just no one else but you. And you alone, if you lived in a bubble, which none of us do, right? <laughs> but if you did, you alone are worth being able to get this off your chest. You do not have to maintain secrets because there are no good secrets except for surprise birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Lita. Yes. Thank you for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Tell us about your stuff real quick. Okay. So, uh, you all can follow me on, I'm on Facebook and I'm getting cooler with the Instagram, you know, yeah. I'm 45, but I can be cool. You right. Can be cool. So my name is spelled L E T A green, like the color with an E on the end. I have a website of that name, social media. I'm very, I have a weird name, so I'm easy to find. And I just want the little girl that was me that's listening. The woman that wants to be like me, that I'm nothing special, but I chose to see myself especially unique in all the universe, because that's how God feels of us. And he sees you. I can see you. I feel like I wrote this for you when I was writing the book, but more importantly than what I can see, God can see you and he loves you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Great job. I know you don't need to hear it, but great job. Well, it's nice. You liked it. <laughs> it feels kind of good. I'm okay with a little bit of praise. <laughs> right? just, just, you know, I won't let it go to my head. And right. Ha ha. Did you like that there at the end? I was listening to it and I just thought it was silly. And I, I thought, I'm just going to keep this. And knowing Lita, I think she'll be okay with that. She's so great. She has such a great sense of humor and such great outlook on life. We honestly had a blast together. At least I had a blast. I think she had a blast with me too. It was pretty awesome. Next week is the 10th episode. My sister told me somewhere that most podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes. So you're a big deal if you make it past 10. So I'm feeling pretty legit. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited. I'm here for the long haul. Next week, I will have to do something really special or maybe embarrassing to welcome in episode 10. We'll see what cooks up in this crazy head of mine. Next episode, we are talking about divorce and we are talking with a very special friend of mine who is so dear to my heart. I'll have to tell you more about him next time. I'll probably embarrass him, but he is just one of the most incredible people I know. Thank you for listening. I love you as always. My name is Julie Lee and I see you. Bye.